Hello and welcome everybody. This is Adam Miller uh, from Miller Custom Guitars and the new podcast uh, N Plus One. Welcome. Since this is the first episode of the show, I just wanted to um, kind of give you a quick rundown. Uh, everybody has obsessions and passions and things that they're interested in. And, you know, as a guitar player and collector of guitar gear, you know, the running joke is, Hey, what's the correct number of guitars? And N plus one, where N is the current number of guitars and you need one more. Um, and I wanted to talk to people about their obsessions and things that they love and things that they collect and just bring them in and say, hey, what are you interested in? What are you into? And just talk about it because uh, one thing that I learned by collecting guitars and guitar gear is that there's no end to that rabbit hole. You, you basically, you dive in and you just go down and down and down and deeper. And uh, it's expensive, it's never ending. And I also learned um, that it's basically like that with any hobby that you're in. Um, no matter what you're into, if it's photography or if it's art or if it's judo or if it's um, quilting, as we'll see today, no matter what you're into, that rabbit hole is deep and it's expensive and it's it's really fascinating to the people who are into it. And so that's what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. And so today I'm going to introduce an extremely uh, important guest, um, one of my favorite people in the world. This is one of my best friends in the world. Um, it's also my sister. I know that's lame. Uh, please welcome my sister, Bethany Miller. Bethany, welcome. Hi there. Hello. I'm Bethany. This Hi. is Bethany. If you don't know Bethany, uh, you should. I think everybody should know Bethany. Um, Bethany is my kid sister, and she uh, has many interests, so she'll probably be a reoccurring guest on the show. She is currently living in Washington, uh, Spokane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spokane, Washington, which is why we are um, doing the, the Zoom call rather than being in person. But the interest that we wanted to talk about today is... Quilting. Quilting. And right now, my dad is furiously rolling his Ew. eyes and going, I thought I would never have to hear about this again, right? Right. Right. Um, Bethany has so many skills, but one of the things that she is just masterful at is and you can see some of her art above her is um quilting and the thing that i love about bethany with her quilting you know our mother um recently deceased heartbreaking um yes it's we're still feeling that stink you know our mom our mother was into quilting and you know you tend to think of quilting as a um, kind of a dying art for old ladies when bethany does it it is not that at all it is vibrant, it is alive, her choice of colors and her designs are just incredible and amazing. Every time she shows me something, I'm just blown away. And so yeah, I wanted to talk to her about quilting and not just because she's my sister and I love talking to her. So, Bethany, um, this is the format of the show. I wanted to talk to her. Tell us a little bit about um, quilting and what it means to you uh, before we get into some of the questions. Tell us about that. Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, quilting is 
is it's my vice it's my like passion i don't know um what does it mean to me so i have always been a reluctant like artist uh in my household and in our household growing up you you were encouraged to do a you know career path that would be stable and make you good money i was always like i'm gonna be a nurse right um but I was always really into art and artsy and DIY and anything hands-on. And then I got into college and started as a nursing major. I don't know if you remember that, but um, I don't remember quickly that. realized, uh, quickly realized I didn't like touching people. <laughs> yeah, ew, like, gross, right? Like sick old people. I just did not have a heart for that. Yeah, so, they're kind of disgusting, um, right? <sighs> Humans. <laughs> yeah. Why bother? Um, Okay, anyway, my collegiate uh, endeavors were messy and up and down. Actually, it was, it was, it was okay. I'm coming home from college. Mom is picking me up from Southern California where I got most of an unaccredited associate's degree in theology, right? Right. Did you ever finish that, <laughs> so by they, the way? So, so, no, no. Okay. That's a hard pass. Um, I'm coming home and mom had just started Planeasy and she had to turn her trip to come pick me up into a business trip and we like stop at some quilt stores on the way home at I think a quilt show and the quilt show is what got me I had like 200 bucks in my pocket it was supposed to last me like a month because I didn't have a job right just just out of school and I walk into this quilt show and spend every dime I have on fabric and just I fell in love with you know the fiber the the beauty of the um the medium that I'm working in right mm -hmm. that's that's what got me Head first into the rabbit hole. And it was, that fabric. So it was the fabric um, that that attracted you more than than the other things. The the fabric, the beauty of the different fabrics that you could choose. Yeah, it was it was the fabrics. It was the designs you can make with them. I don't know if it was just. I think in two dimensions. Okay. Like I can I understand quilting. I don't understand clothes. Like how you can get right flat that's, fabric that's to be weird. round. I don't get it. Okay. I understand quilting. Um, and I took this fabric home and was like, well, I guess I better learn how to sew. <laughs> like, I guess I better learn how to quilt. Um, right. And, you know, my, my experience with quilting when I was a child, when mom was getting into it, uh, she would have me sit at the sewing machine and like sew her long strips of fabric together while she, and then she would iron them and cut them and then I, she'd give them back to me. And it was traumatizing for me because I was, a bit of a perfectionist and I couldn't um I couldn't get the accuracy that my heart desired mm -hmm. you know if, if if you're doing a very geometric shape um and you need things like like the quilt behind me this diamond you, you need all the points to line up like you got to be accurate with your patchwork and I couldn't and I, I would literally sit at the sewing machine in mom's sewing room which was Allison's bedroom right right and I, I would just sob I would just cry when I came you know when I'm older came home from college I got into it I saw it and I learned or taught myself you know tricks and tips on how to get that accuracy and that's when I got mm. the joy of quilting kind of right. hit me cool so um the question I like to ask uh people is what is your gateway drug and is that going to be your answer is that that's that yeah that that quilt show that she stopped at is mm -hmm. your gateway drug kind of yeah, got you, you into know, it the, the quilt show is is you gotta think of like um, a convention or like right. the what is what do, what do old basically people do? Like, like, basically everything has a convention 
Like right? a trade show, right? Right. You know, there's right. there's so. Comic Con. There's for for musicians. There's Nam. You know, for quilters, for there's white people. There's there's a like RV trade shows, right? Right. You know, I remember uh, Dad took me to like a it was like a fishing like thing in Sacramento one time. An it's outdoorsman that, something. Right. It, it's that, but for old white ladies, right? Right. Okay. Um, basically, and it was. Yeah. Uh, so you have you have vendors set up and like I don't have words to describe how beautiful these booths are. Oh, I know. Just, I've been there. You you've been there, but like for and the, the ladies the are audience, for like, the most part so nice and so for old. For the most part, for the most so part, so nice, so old. You know, you got to figure your clientele is like mostly retired white women. Right. Uh, they've got money to throw around, and then you've got not only the vendor side, which is just. Oh, there's so much to touch, and it's it's a very sensory experience, right? right. Because it's sure. it's fabric. You're touching it. You're feeling it. But there's also the like gallery version, which is the oh yeah, that's the my favorite. Side, the, the quilt show, the actual because right. every every trade you know oh, quilt man. show is going to have the actual display of quilts, the best in show, the the you know maybe some international quilts, some kid quilts, and this is the best of the best. Plus, like oh, you man. know, there might be just especially if it's like a local small show. You and I went to get a lot of big shows together. Yeah. And the caliber of quilting there was so high. But when you go to like little local Manteca, California quilt guild right. shows, um, you get some just really sweet, right. precious stuff in there. And I saw this stuff. My gateway drug was I saw this and realized I could do that. Uh, I could absolutely do that. And I had just bought all the fabric. And so I had to commit, you know, uh, something that committed me to to the craft there. Right. You know, our viewers, you mentioned it, our viewers, if we ever get any, um, if we get... might, might, might not realize. We have a fan. Our viewers might not realize that I worked, you know, for mom. Um, so mm -hmm. I've been to these, some of these quilt shows, not as many as you have. Um, and you're, you're right. You know, you go over to the, you know, the displays, you know, the people that are entering the contests, the competitions, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's not a blanket to keep you warm. It's literally art. It's they're so gorgeous. They're so so spectacular. And you've entered in some of them, and you've won some of them, right? Have you ever won or placed or showed or? I don't know if I've won anything. I've I've won like tiny competitions, right? right the like little at the ones. local quilt shops, right. the little stuff. But um, yeah. I've been in some quilt shows. Yeah. Mostly that was mom entering me, and um, I could probably win some stuff now if I cared. You totally to could be a competitive like show quilter, which is you, a thing apparently. You totally could because your stuff is beautiful. But let's get into the meat of the question. So, what are some of the favorites or the highlights or the best pieces of your um, collection or of your art that you've made or even stuff you haven't made over your collection? Well, when I think of like like my pieces, I don't think of. Um, you know, for you, guitar gear, it might be like, like this is my finished guitar. If it's one you built or right. one maybe you, you you compiled together from parts. Um, for me, like I love the finished product, but a lot of my finished quilts I give away as gifts. Okay, sure. Um, so, like for me, it's it's tools and it's Ooh. raw materials, right? Okay. Let's see, uh, sewing machine, right? Uh, Ooh. I. I inherited mom's Bernina 750. Oh, yeah. That which, thing's a Cadillac. That thing was a Cadillac. I mean, yeah. it, 
Or a Ferrari. It's, it's like better. It's like a Ferrari. No, no. But it's but it's a damn good machine. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's what I sewed on when I worked for mom at Plenty Z for years. So I knew the machine really well at my current job, which I'm also employed as a full-time Everything. quilter. It's, I don't like describing what I do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a quilter, but I don't sell quilts. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm also sewing on the a 700 series, Big Bernina. And these things are like retail like ten thousand dollars i know when we bought it it was maybe six thousand like ten years ago and that was more expensive than like three of my previous cars combined so just real right? quick for for people who aren't in the the sewing quilting industry a bernina is a super fancy like ultra like it's like a it's like a computerized touch screen sewing machine sewing machine if you you know uh, for your layperson, if you're walking into Joanne's and you want to buy a off the box, you know, off the shelf sewing machine just to kind of get started, you're maybe spending two hundred bucks, four hundred bucks if you want something like right. that has some bells and whistles. Um, but if you're really committed and you are okay with spending money, you're maybe spending like twelve hundred dollars uh -huh. on a decent machine. So right. a six thousand dollar machine ten years ago, which would be like ten thousand now. Quilting. Um, that's, that's a tank. You know? that, that's what we're talking about. Is a six is yeah, a six thousand yeah. dollar Bernina. It was six thousand dollars like ten years ago. Now they're like yeah. ten. Right. That's what we're talking about for the viewers, for the listeners. Uh, that's what a Bernina is. They are they're 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 race cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tools of the trade. Like I got you know um, I have to have that. Um, and for the caliber of sewing, you know, I'm I'm sewing sometimes ten hours a day five days a week. This wow. is what I do for a living. Um, I have to literally have to have a well-oiled machine for that. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and that's one of the things that like gets me um, good machine equals good patchworker. I call it patchmanship, which is a word I made up. Patchwomanship? <laughs> you know, pa patch gal ship. Patch they them ship? <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Okay, what about uh, anything else that comes to your mind of, of things that you have that are kind of highlights of your collection? My, like, fabric stash, right? Um, a good, true quilter, no matter how poor you are, you can find fabric and hoard it for years and years. Um, a lot of my current fabric stash, which is probably more fabric and more yardage than I could ever sew with in the remainder of my life. Um, mm -hmm. You're either buying it because you, you can't let it go or you have something in mind and you're like, I should just get a little extra just in case. You know, um, I, I actually, I know exactly that feeling because I feel the same way as a hobbyist woodworker. I feel the same way about wood, right? Mm -hmm. It's like every once in a while, I'm just like, I just want to go to Stockton and buy some wood. Do you have any projects you're working on? No. And right. what are you gonna do with it? I don't. So I'll I'll find something to do with it, and I just have wood in the in the in the shop that it's like. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's some good mahogany. What are you gonna do? Ah, you know something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a spoon. Yeah. Um. They, now they have yeah, a term. So they have a term in quilting and sewing for projects that you haven't done and are gonna sometimes do, but you're never gonna get to. What's that term? I forget. So I, I don't have a term for that. I have no, a term for there's stuff a, you started and then abandoned. Right. What do they call it? 
uh, a UFO. Right, that's the that's term. Unfinished object, right? Or um, a whip, which is a work in progress, right? Um, so when I was when I was working there, everyone says, "Oh yeah, I have all these UFOs sitting around." Um, yeah. But that's it's not your term. That's an industry term that's that everywhere that everyone term. is familiar with. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh I have one of those. I, I bought one of those, and it's a UFO sitting in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I an mean, unfinished that might object. Mean, it could mean that you haven't even started it but in my brain unfinished implies that you have started it i i don't know but yeah that's you know in my office in my um the company i work for there's like four quilters Mm -hmm. and yeah we all refer to them as whips or ufos i say ufo because i think it's cuter yeah i feel like ufo is more abandoned than a whip Mm -hmm. don't don't you kind of consider that like if someone says oh that's a ufo that's something they're not going to finish right no i've got Stuff I, I have really well-meaning intentions to finish um, at how, home. How many how how many UFOs are you not gonna finish? Okay, I I would love to finish all of them. How many do I have? How many yeah. projects do I have in progress right now? Like no, no, not at work, not at work, at just at home. Not at work, at home, at home in my private collection. Uh, I'd say twenty projects would be a conservative estimate. And mind you, like each project probably has about eight or 10 hours of commitment in it already. And probably like, <laughs> probably like 200 to $400 worth of materials. Oh my in God, it. you're bonkers. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, Look. okay. Some of those were like recycled or like making out of, you know, recycling fabric, of course. Or like old garments. I, ha- I have a, a box of grandpa Dan's old shirts that I'm going to do. Dude, that's so cool. Hanging. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, mom started it, but it's like, what? I'm going to do these wall hangings for all the cousins. Dude, that's uh, of cool. Grandpa Dan's shirts. So I did not know that. That is so cool. Uh, I call this section underdog. Do you have a um, a piece of your collection or a tool or maybe a technique that you that you've developed that's a like an underdog? Maybe something that people um, think that is not cool that is super cool or uh, I don't know. I'll let you go with it because you thought you said um, you thought of something. Yeah. So my underdog industry uh, underdog um tool I, I, and, and technique i have one of each Ooh. um let me preface this by saying that quilting is notoriously snobby the community okay i believe um, i'm going to interject for a second because i think that as i do this podcast we're going to find that we're going to talk to a lot of people that are going to there's going to be like this yeah like the the people like this industry snobby like the industry, like the, the, the hobby is snobby, but the people aren't, you know, like the right. people I talk to aren't, but the, 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 the group is, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of purists out there that are like, oh, that's not an heirloom quilt unless it's hand, you know, unless it's done by hand and not by yeah. machine or hand stitched. Um, yeah. If right. you're not, um, cutting that to the exact precise thing and then sewing it and getting precise results, then it's not a true quilt. Um, one of the things I mentioned that I wanted to be in nursing, right? Right. Um, and I always wanted to do that because it was, it not just like because it was job security, but because it was something that would fundamentally help people live a better life, right? Sure. And that's why I, I never totally, wanted to be an artist. Right. I totally right? get that. I never wanted to be an artist because art was useless, right? And it didn't help people. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the things I realized in doing art was that, um, or in doing quilting was that 
yeah, it's artwork, but like what's more, what's more like primal than a blanket? Like everyone, I don't know anyone that doesn't use a blanket. Right. Totally. Okay. Like everybody even, on even earth in, like, needs a blanket. Like the hottest climates, you've got a sheet or something, maybe. Like yeah. there's probably people okay. But um that was one of the things that just was like, well, if you have to have it, it might as well be, be beautiful. And at the end of the day, we're just making blankets and it's just gonna keep you warm, right? Right. Um, Why not make them so, pretty? Right. So that's that's where like I was able to like I, I would find myself getting snobby about the you know the, the, the craft of quilting. Um and that's one of the things that kind of like reality checked me. This sounds so like lame, but um, No no no. So you're just, saying the underdog is the actual the blanket itself. No. Oh, I'm not even there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, okay. Um, this is cool. Okay, so you're building so up to it. My, Got it. My underdog is oversizing all your patchwork and then cutting it down to the size you need after you've sewn it. Okay. okay. That's so I am I am I know known for incredibly um, precise patchwork, and we, by that we mean like the points of your blocks are coming together and meeting, and they're not like overlapping or right floating. Okay, you're very good at um, that. Okay, I'm very good at that, and my like doesn't cost you anything. Tr you know, trick of the trade is oversize your patchwork and then trim it down because a lot of times you're taught how to how to do your patchwork. You cut it precise, you sew it precise, your finished result is precise, and it's so hard to do. I have an incredibly gifted patchwork curve. <laughs> um, I'm really good at what I do, and I can't get that precise. Like, like it's just it's just torment for me. So oversize, square, you know, square your block up or down to the size that you need. My other totally underdog, underrated tool starch <laughs> spray starch or um i don't know if that's a regional thing where i'm at here in spokane we call it sizing spray it's a little bit less heavy than starch okay it's like a buck 70 at walmart for this can <laughs> i for for how much i sew at the you know at my uh company i go through about two cans a day two cans a day maybe maybe i mean i mean it depends cause, cause, it's like, your this? fault there's a hole in the ozone layer <laughs> It could be, shush, I didn't need that. Um, but this just kind of, because, you know, you're working with fabric, it's it's stretchy, it's got give. Right. Wrinkly. And when you're going for accuracy, especially like for me, when I'm making a sample of a quilt that someone might make, I it's the model. It's It's got to be, it's got to be the dream of, of they could make this if only, you know? Right. And then, um, so it's got to be the best version of that quilt um so the sizing spray like it's just you i you know you spray it on you iron it and it just gives you this, this christmas crispness to your material gives you christmas got it gives yeah it's, it's fall la 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 and um but that that is one of the reasons i'm so successful in what i do is i prep my fabric which like may take hours of just pressing your fabric, you know, soaking it with the stuff and pressing it out until it's dry. Right. Um, underdog, underdog, sizing spray. Just do it. Just get it. I like the underdog that the blanket is, is, has value it's on its own. It's just a blanket. It's just yeah. a blanket and people need blankets. You know, blanket. and you know, to go back to your, to your point, you know, um, that 
uh, I was just talking to my wife, Desiree, about this yesterday. Uh, that what a gal. She is awesome. I love her so much. Um, but we were just talking about this, that art has value on its own. You don't have to... There's this belief that like, if you're an adult and you're creating art, you should be paid for it. And that's just hogwash. Mm -hmm. like, mm -mm. like, you need to be... If you're an artist, like, just make art. Like, for art's sake. Like, people yeah. were, like, making cave paintings on the walls because they wanted to paint on the walls because they were artists and they weren't hunters. Or, you know, they right. were painting you the know. hunters. You know, they were a lover, not a fighter, right? Uh, um, even even 50,000 years ago, you know? Um, it's that thing of, um, one of the things that just kills my little artist soul is anytime... I make something and someone goes, you could open an Etsy store. I just want to strangle them. <laughs> like I, yes, I, I my, my artwork is what I'm employed at, but that's, it's not, I'm not self-employed. Like this is <laughs> someone else's company right. to run. Right. I basically am getting paid to hone my craft is how I look at it mm -hmm. there. Um, I, I have the blessing to be right. creative in that. I can open an Etsy store and get paid a lot less money to do what I'm already doing. Right, right. And I, um, like, I don't want to, basically, it's like, I think of it as like, I don't want to whore out the thing that I love mm -hmm. for myself. Like, I, I just, so I yeah. don't, so, so people say like, oh, like, how much would it cost for you to think? Because I don't want to take a, you know, a commission. I don't want to be hired as a quilter to make mm -hmm. you a quilt for you. Um, I just tell people they can't afford me. And right. I, Which is I true. Yeah, if you well, charged your, you a, a decent hourly rate for your no. stuff, people would not be able to afford your quilts. Kind of, kind of. But I also priced them incredibly high just because I don't want yeah. to take on a commission. So I have like an exception to that. I have one quilt I took on. I'm going to basically do this pro bono because I love the idea so much. It's a QR code. A queen size quilt that's QR code that links to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give Me Okay. <laughs> and this woman approached me, she goes, My son really wants this for a graduation. Oh my God, gift. that's awesome. And I was like, If you buy the material, I would love to make that quilt. Oh my you. God, that's awesome. This episode of the N Plus One podcast is brought to you by, well, me. <laughs> it's my first episode, folks. On M Plus One, we talk to people about their obsessions. And my obsession, and it has been for over 25 years, is guitars. For over 10 years, I've been a service technician in my area doing modifications, setups, upgrades, and minor repairs. If you are in the California, Mother Lode area, Sonora, Jamestown area, or even the California Central Valley, I'd love to work on your guitar or bass and get it dialed in and fixed up back in your hands making sweet sweet music you can contact me through facebook at miller's custom guitars and hey if i'm not in your area a great way that you can show your appreciation for this show is by visiting my youtube channel that's where i go to talk about my obsession with the guitar and help to educate other guitar players about the ins and the outs of the guitar you can search for Miller's Custom Guitars and find one of my videos. Just give it a like and a comment, and that would really help me out a lot. Okay, guys, back to the show. Okay, we got to get moving on. I'm running out of time. We'll probably yeah. have to do uh, a second <laughs> a second video because we're, thir two. we're 30 minutes into a 40-minute time limit, and I'm on the second question. 
Oh, right. <laughs> what is, do you have any, um, anything that's in the dog house? Like uh, a technique that everyone loves that you think is not that great or something that you've always used a technique or a tech tool maybe that you've always used and you just grown out of favor with. Um, and you said, mm. you know what, this is not the way I do it anymore. Or maybe something you were taught mm. as industry okay. standard. This Go might be it. like niche. Go for but, it. That's what um, this podcast is all about. Right. Right. I mean, obviously. Um, so uh, cutting mats. So you cut your fabric on a mat with a ruler. That's like a acrylic ruler and a rotary blade. You're not sitting there cutting with scissors. Right. To get your, you know, like if I did this, this one behind me with strips. Right. You're not cutting with scissors. You can, you, no. you'd be there all day. Your hand would cramp. So you've got a right. rotary cutter. Maybe yep. your fabric's folded. There's this thing called a spinning mat. It's usually like a, like a square of 12 by 12 or 17 by 17. And right. you, you like put your block on it. You do one side and then you spin the mat and you do the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people use them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Just turn your fabric. Um, they take up room there. Everyone raves about them, about the thing. I cannot be bothered. Um, just spin the fabric. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is I, at my job, I'm doing YouTube quilting tutorials. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our website, our store, uh, our online store is fueled by the videos. Right. And so, so you have to push products. That you I have. have to push the products. I really like myself. I'm not going to push it unless I believe in it. Right. right? But also safety is a thing because we're working with really sharp rotary blades, like very, very sharp. And the spinning mat can yield more safety. Right. Uh, so people aren't cutting towards them. Okay. So I have to have best practices and that's one of them. I hate using it on camera. Every time I do, I just like my skin crawls. Um, uh, it's that that might be like only me. That's my doghouse is the spinning mat. Nice. What about uh, this is DIY. And so when I thought of these questions, I was thinking of guitars, you know, like, is there something you made? Uh, I'm going to I've rewritten questions that are more like arts centric. So I haven't mm -hmm. thought of a, a DIY yet. But um, for DIY, have you like um, maybe uh, developed a technique that's all your own or uh, actually know that you've designed your own patterns. I know mm -hmm. that you have, but do you, you have anything that you consider uh, a, uh, something that is completely yours that you didn't learn from someone that you've developed on your own? Okay. Like, yes, but no. I mean, you got to imagine this is quilting. There's only so many shapes you can make with sure. two dimensional fabric. Right. And okay. Um, I have a technique. So there's a lot of traditional quilt blocks out course, there. Of course, of course. My favorite is an orange peel, which looks like uh, kind of like a quarter. You'll send a picture. Circle. We'll put it up. I'll yeah. send a picture. We'll yeah. put a thing up. Okay. Um, and this is, you know, doing a curved line and getting it to lay flat with fabric plus a seam allowance is usually yes. very difficult to do. Um, Mom had a technique for piecing circles. Right. That she learned from someone, maybe at Quilt Guild. I have, I've researched and tried to figure out who came up with this and can't find it. Um, so I don't want to take like a hundred percent credit for this idea, but I have come up with, I like adapted that, you know, the circle patchwork technique, you know, cut it into quarters to do just the one side of my circle to make these orange pills to my knowledge. You know, I'm the only one that's doing it that way. Right. 
um, you designed, right? You designed a right. whole pattern that was one of Plumisi patterns, mm. and it's like one of their really popular. Yeah, it's a whole thing, and it's gorgeous. It's fabulous. It's it makes these amazing stunning. blocks. You can do a bunch of different things yeah. with it. Ooh. And Shabby, you know uh, Shabby is selling a bunch of those. Oh, oh go. my gosh, that one. The, uh, the rounds, so if yeah. you're an audio only listener, you can't see it, um, but that is spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, so that's that's my my technique. I've got a lot of stuff that I do, you know, when I because there, there's like the traditional way to do stuff, you know, that, that everyone learned from their grandma or from their grandma's grandma, um, but in as technology is advanced and our, you know, materials are getting better, our fabric's getting better, our tools are getting better, uh, techniques are changing. And so like on camera, a lot of times I'll introduce something that's me. I'm just like, I just found that this was easier for me, right? Yeah, this is right. My motto is like, there's gotta be an easier way for this sure. technique. Everyone else is like, oh, wow, that's so new. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just lazy. I don't want to do it that <laughs> way. I don't want to do it the traditional way. Nice. Okay. I got one other question. And before we get to the 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 big the biggest question of the whole podcast, um, this question is: What is your favorite uh, favorite piece of equipment, piece of gear, uh, favorite uh, piece of art you've made, favorite design you've mm-hmm. done? Um, what is your favorite thing? Mm. So one of my orange peels, because I've I've made a lot of those quilts. Sure. My pattern is called Orange Blossom. Um, but I have one that, uh, I actually kind of made this one out of spite. Um, I was at a quilt show and demoing this, uh, demoing the technique on how to make it. So I had to make all these blocks uh, at the quilt show, like live in person. And I'm using solid colors. And like, when it came to me and mom working together, I could see, I had the vision, I could see it unfinished, or I could see the finished product, even though it was unfinished, right? Right, you've always been able to do that. Mom couldn't see it. Right. And we had very conflicting tastes and very conflicting ideas of like color theory. Mm -hmm. And she was just, we were at QuiltCon, I think in Savannah, Georgia, like six or something years ago, and she was just bugging me. Oh, just bugging me. It happens (laughs) when you're family, sometimes you get on each other's nerves. You work together, right? Right. Um, so I, who, I, this was gaslighting. I basically started sewing really awful color combinations together and being like, what are you talking about, mom? It's perfect. Like, how can you say these don't go together? Um, and mind you, this was, I had, I had a, um, an industry term. This is a layer cake. This is a, a stack of fabrics that were pre-cut to 10 inches. I'm working with and in this particular layer cake. So um, just describe what that is for our people that don't understand what that is. This is a stack of fabric cut 10 inches. <laughs> I just said that. Um, that's what a layer cake is. It's a, it's like a pre-cut bundle of fabric so that you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of tiny pieces, you know, okay. um, and usually they're all coordinating with a, a collection of fabric. These happen to be, um, all solid fabrics and every single one was a different color and I had a hundred of them. Okay. Usually a layer cake is sold in 42 squares. This was a hundred squares. It was like a special thing. hundred squares um, that are normally matching. These ones are not matching, but they're cut to size. squares of completely different fabric of solid color. So, so wide array between, right. you know, no patterns, white to black, no patterns, right? All solid and, cuts to size, but right. all different colors. And like, 
I'm doing some really beautiful, you know, I'm off the top of my head, like something you know, very high contrast. I'm doing this beautiful dark teal with like a pale orange petal, or uh, I love like dark red and light blue together. I just thought it beautiful um, doing these great combinations. But like, if I only did good combinations, I would be left with a bunch of stinker fabric at the end and I'd have to make a bunch of ugly ones. So I right. kept doing- So real quick, that's just for the people that aren't used to quilting, this is something that happens, right? Is if you only choose your pretty fabrics, then you're only left with ugly fabrics. So right. sometimes you have to choose like a good fabric with a not as good fabric and you kind of right. make it work. This is something you deal with all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, I had to, you know, be equitable about what I'm doing. I have to incorporate some of the the less desirable shades because I because like I, I needed I needed to work within the confines of those hundred ten inch squares. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and mom kept fighting me, and so I just kept doing really bad ones on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> really bad color combinations. I had like a I had like a like a <laughs> bright orange with like a less bright orange. Oh God, just, just stinker, right? It's just stinkers. Um, and then when I went to go assemble that quilt, cause I had all these, these, the blocks of just the petals, um, no, no two were at the same. And I just struggled laying this thing out. You know, I have a, a, a wall of like flannel and you can like put the right. blocks up and they'll stick to that. So I'm laying like a flannograph when you're in church, when you're a kid, when you're a right. church and kid, you know, like Moses was in two dimensions. Right. Um, and it took me days to lay this quilt out and I finally got it and I added like a black and white like Beetlejuice stripe into this solid color and it just was wild and the end result was spectacular this was like my favorite thing there was a lot of patchwork techniques this is actually the quilt that got me hired at my job because <laughs> um, I showed a picture of it to the gal that was buying mom's company mm -hmm. and she just lost her mind She's like, you made this? And I was like telling her how I made it. She's like, I can't, she couldn't see. You know, I was I was describing it. I can see, I'm very visual, like in my right. brain. She couldn't see it without me showing her. Um, but this is the quilt that got me hired. Um, You're gonna send me a picture, you, right? Oh yeah, yeah even we're gonna though put the it end up. result was, even though I had done all these blocks that were kind of less than desirable, the end result was just spectacular. Um, I wanted to call this quilt, I had to name it, right? Because if you're entering it in a quilt show, which this was, um, you have to give it a name. I wanted to call it Topsy Turvy Shit. Um, <laughs> Ma Mom wasn't having any of that. So oh, I called yeah. It Bugs I called it Bug Juice. Bug Juice, um, okay. Kind of like playing on like Beetlejuice, right? Right, because it um, has that, the Beetlejuice. The uh, Beetlejuice stripe. Stripe, right. Um, so so you, that, you, made, you made all these patches kind of out of spite, but then like out of spite, you made it work. I made it work and like it, I like, I, I was like, okay, I, I made this harder on myself by making all these like stinker blocks, but the end result was just so good. And people right. see this quilt and just like lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. That's a great one. Um, what is N plus one? What is the next thing? What are you working on? What have you been eyeballing uh, to add to your collection or what have you been working on? What is in plus one? What's next? My next project is called a double wedding ring. And by next, I mean, I'm making this maybe hopefully in the next 10 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like my dream project, okay. my dream project, uh, double wedding ring. I'll send you a picture of the one mom has hanging in 
the living room okay. of it's 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 circles. It's traditionally very difficult to make, but it's a very traditional patchwork. And I had this vision of just wild fabrics, you know, because this is very traditionally like we're gonna make this in red and green, and it's sweet and it's country, you know. Nice. Um, what I have is a bit more punk rock, a bit more sexy, um, but still using very traditional patchwork techniques. It's gonna it's, I've got it in my brain and I've been collecting fabric for years. I've got this vision. Um, that's my N plus one. Nice. Um, oh, let's see. I just got a new sewing machine. That's <gasps> a, that's a. <laughs> nice. Well, I, tra I traded in mom's 750. Oh, you? I know, I know. I know, but I, I traded down for a smaller machine. because Our just a dead bit. mother's sewing I know, machine. I know, I know. Don't tell Allison. It's an she heirloom. Would, would oh. Shush. Closing thoughts. Thank you so much for coming. I wanted to ask you, um, if someone is just getting into sewing, quilting, um, or if someone is considering getting into it, what would you, what advice would you give them? What would you tell them? Where would you direct them to start? What, uh, what would you tell them? Um, I would say, like, you know, I, I, I told the story that mom made me sew stuff, right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I learned. My good techniques came from YouTube. I am self-taught mostly. Um, yeah. So YouTube is a great resource. P Pinterest was in its heyday when I started sure. um, quilting. Um, there are so many good content creators out there. Even, like, my company's got, like, a a series on like learning to quilt from the basics. It goes from like, what is fabric to okay. like finishing your whole quilt. Right? Okay. So it takes yeah. you through the basics, all this stuff. There's so many wonderful resources out there. Um, there's usually like a local quilt guild, like every town has. You don't think of quilting as like a thing that's everywhere. It's everywhere. Right. Maker's gonna make, you know. Right. Especially, um, yeah, quilting. I found there's basically a quilting spot in every town that I've, I've been every, in. And the I, reason I know this is because of mom, I'll be driving around and I, you know, without mom, I wouldn't have noticed, but because of mom, I'm driving, I'm like, Oh, there's a, a quilt place. It. And then you think, I bet they know my mom, you know, and they right, usually right. do, you know, they just, um, yeah. yeah, I have yet to walk into a store in the last 10 years. that wasn't selling one of mom's patterns. Yeah, sure. Um, um, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming. Um, where can people uh, find you if they want to find you, or do you want them to leave you alone? No, they can find me. I have um, so so Bethany the quilter is on in, on YouTube under Shabby Fabrics, right? Because you are um, one of the faces of Shabby Fabric now, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we it do or live it. <laughs> two two or three videos a week, and I am doing about one video a week with them, and it's usually a tutorial. Um, and I try to teach stuff so that an absolute beginner can get it and a right. season quilter would absolutely follow along. Um, right. and we're a bit overkill with how much detail we give, you know, it's right. kind of those, those, those Gen Z videos that are very quick and get to the point are, are, it's not our style. Right. That's um, not your style because you, you want, like you just said, you're trying to make something that the beginner can follow. Mm -hmm. And that even the experience can get something out of. Yeah, um, I've yeah. seen some of your videos, and they're they're spectacular. You guys are 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 providing great mm -hmm. educational content. You guys are you guys are selling stuff, 
but you're, stuff. but you're the the point is also to to provide education and I you're you're fabulous want... on those i gotta tell you you're Thank great you. on there um <laughs> definitely go if you are interested in learning about this bethany is an excellent educator at this through shabby fabric you can find her on youtube or anywhere else um my personal Instagram is Bethany Freaking Miller, <laughs> F-R-E-A-K-I-N-G, Freaking Miller. Um, I think it's set to private, but if you follow me, like I'll, I post like once every eight months to let my family know I'm still alive. Uh, but every oh, now and then there's a quilt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. That I'm mostly on on YouTube there. Okay. Yeah. I uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been uh, the new podcast in plus one. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. Um, if you are interested in quilting, check it out. Um, or if not, if you think quilting is dumb and stupid, like my dad, uh, you know, uh, find a different hobby because there's lots of them out there. We're there's gonna so many good things. There's there. We're gonna try to find out. We're gonna have Bethany back on again sometime in the future. We'll talk about I don't know BTS or uh, cooking or K-pop or K-pop or utensils or yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been M Plus One from M Plus One. I am Adam Miller. Uh, catch you next time. Bethany, thank you so much. Love you. All right, pleasure. guys. Catch you next time. Bye.